Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Neurology. It's May 2021 and I'm Danielle Gash. This month I'm delighted to be joined by Hert Jan Beesels, a professor of neurology at the University Medical Centre in Utrecht, Netherlands. Professor Beesels' new research on using infarct locations to predict post-stroke cognitive impairment is published in our June issue. Professor Beesels, firstly, welcome. Could you begin by explaining to our listeners why it's important to understand more about post-stroke cognitive impairment? Sure, and thank you for the opportunity to, to speak about our paper, and thank you for the opportunity to publish in your esteemed journal. I think if you ask people about the typical consequences of stroke, they envision a motor deficits or, or speech abnormalities, but in fact, cognitive impairment is very common after ischemic stroke. So approximately half of people suffer from cognitive impairment after they had a stroke. And in our study, uh, this involved also 44% of, of people. And um, cognitive impairment is often overlooked. The initial shock of, of uh, the acute deficit, the hospital admission draws a lot of attention. But then once the dust has settled and people uh, go back to home, Cognitive impairment uh, becomes more apparent and often prevents people from returning to work or resuming their social activities and is a major cause of handicap after stroke. I imagine quite an unexpected burden as well. Like I say, you don't, I mean, you see from the outside that somebody has a paresis, but you don't see that, that uh, your mental processing has slowed or your, your mental flexibility has deteriorated and that it has a substantial impact on people. So you mentioned that particular areas of the brain are strategic infarct locations. Could you explain a bit more about this term and what you mean by strategic? Historically, a strategic infarct location is a location in the brain where an infarct by itself can cause cognitive impairment. And historically, this includes, for example, uh, the left angular gyrus or the thalamus, uh, the caudate nucleus. But the point is that this knowledge, the, the, the concept about strategic locations is very much based on, on a relatively small case series in the literature. And there are many examples in daily practice where people have an infarct in a strategic location and don't have cognitive impairment, or the other way around, where people have cognitive impairment in a, and the lesion is in a region that we don't consider to be uh, strategic. So really, uh, a truly comprehensive map of strategic locations was missing, and this is what we achieved uh, with this uh, study. And you have produced brain maps using imaging data from nearly 3,000 patients from 12 cohorts around the world, which is an impressive achievement to collate so much data. But in a linked comment, limitations about uniformity of criteria and variability of data are mentioned. How did you consider these limitations? Yeah, this point is, of course, well taken. And we really do not pretend that we can simply read the brain with a simple uh, map because the brain is much too complex for that. And uh, so is cognition. Uh, there are many ways to assess cognitive impairment. Uh, cognitive impairment concerns very different uh, aspects of, of brain function. In our study, methods to assess cognitive function, uh, dysfunction were clearly not uniform. But despite uh, this, the results that we achieved were still consistent across all the different uh, cohorts. And this indicates that despite its apparent simplicity, the map that we created is quite robust. And you have used the imaging data to produce a location impact score, 
and ultimately colour maps indicating risk of post-stroke cognitive impairment. How do you envisage these brain maps being used by clinical neurologists in practice? Well, clearly, if, if you want to know if a patient ha is affected by cognitive impairment, you should test cognition and not look at the map, the, because the map is only a predictor of risk. But the map can be used in practice to identify high-risk uh, patients just based on the initial scan that shows uh, the infarct and that is already uh, generated in, in uh, clinical care. And uh, we produced a, a simple to use map with which a neurologist can simply compare uh, the, the lesion of their individual patient to predicted uh, risk. And the map can also possibly help to understand cognitive impairment after stroke. So only yesterday, I met a young woman in the clinic who had a large right-sided lenticular striatal infarct a year ago. And actually, she, she uh, completely returned to work, uh, despite the fact that when she was admitted to the hospital, people had warned her that she may, might experience cognitive impairment. So I just looked up her lesion on the map, and lo and behold, uh, the infarct indeed occurred in a very low-risk uh, region. And, and this I wouldn't have guessed on my prior knowledge as a neurologist, but uh, in the map, it clearly showed up as, as low risk. So, so it can also help to put uh, findings in individual patients in perspective. I recall in the paper you found that the map has high intra and inter rater reliability, meaning that between raters and by the same rater, the map is consistent. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the map for the first time, it may look a bit daunting with all the different colors, but uh, we have a 3D tool that you can access uh, online and you can just uh, look at the, at the map on the uh, screen and look at the infarct of your patient. And we found actually that it's very easy to do and it takes only seconds uh, to evaluate uh, the scan of your patient against this map. That is really great. And finally, what questions still need to be addressed? Uh, the map is still in its infancy. And uh, now we only address uh, the infarct and its location. And we should, of course, also address uh, the condition of the brain in which the lesion occurs. Uh, so we uh, need to be able to assess prior damage, uh, reserve capacity of the brain, uh, brain networks and ultimately a more a refined personal assessment that takes uh, into account also personal factors like education, cognition prior to the stroke can give a much more accurate personalized assessment of risk, but possibly in the future, and that would be important, also predict uh, the potential for recovery or maybe even in the future future, uh, direct uh, the kind of uh, interventions that you would do to help a patient's recovery. So I think uh, there's a lot of uh, work ahead, but the uh, techniques are emerging that, that can support us on this. So I think this is a first uh, step and there's clearly more to come. I think it would be great to see some studies into the things you just mentioned there. I hadn't actually considered like individual characteristics having an effect. So that would be really interesting to look into. Sure. You can read Professor Beazell's research online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Professor Beazell's and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With The Lancet Neurology wherever you usually get your podcasts.